Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. I, don't want to, I do not want to peak too soon. It's not. <laughs> peak, peak, peak. One, Hopefully. two, icicles, bicycles, testing. Hello, everyone. Shut up in the back there. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to show 174 of Whatever Works. We're here again to cause mayhem and chaos for an hour, and it is almost the middle of November in 2022. Hello, Aidan. I've just found something out, Ted. I know how to save money on heating this year. Yeah. I really get I get a hot flush every time we start recording. I get all excited and giggly, and I have to take <laughs> off my sweater, as I'm doing now. So I think I'm just going to have to record podcasts constantly from now till the end of winter, and I'll keep warm. Good idea. I'm yeah. fine. Thank you, Ted. Yes, yourself? Get yourself worked up. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> I've got the long COVID. I've, I've, I've officially got the long COVID. I saw a specialist who said, yes, you have long COVID. Tough. You've just got to live with it. Yeah. So, How much did you pay him? Oh, I'm not even going to go down that path. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, the, uh, yeah, the, the chest is there. But, you know, one lives with it. How's yours? Gone, yeah, gone and forgotten, I, I think. I think so. Occasionally I get some sort of lung feeling of something not quite right there but yeah most most of the time i'm absolutely fine so yeah i think i've got away with it to be honest and i should be fit enough to fend off the next lot <laughs> although i have not i've not had my flu jab they they said to me um they, they didn't have any when i went for my injection they didn't have any flu jabs and they said if you want a flu jab go to your gp so but i haven't done it yet so i'm not sure if i should or not to be honest i thought i might go when i'm 60 which is next year <laughs> it depends on your use case ted i mean this could this is a slinky link into my first item if you're doing what i do and and working with kids at christmas then i think a flu jab is is absolutely essential but um right. for someone like yourself maybe not i i, I do remember yeah. when i had my covid they put the covid in one arm and the flu in the other yeah and the next yeah. day i felt like I'd been ten rounds with Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a quite there was a few people on um, MeWe who were um, were warning about that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I didn't have it done. Talking of MeWe, don't forget everyone, we've got a MeWe group. Do head across there and let us know whatever works in your life. Um, our website is at whateverworks.works, and you'll find links out there from to everything else and, and all the stuff we're going to talk about in our show notes and our recording notes and uh, or not the recording notes but the show notes tessalmon.com if you get lost tessalmon.com is links out to all the audio podcasts and all the um other stuff like um miwi groups yeah all the links to the miwi groups and if you want to buy me a coffee i'd be very grateful it's at paypal.me forward slash ted salmon don't buy aiden one just me <laughs> yeah because aiden makes his own 12 <laughs> times a day <laughs> and, he, and he's going to be santa and if, uh, he'll get paid for that i am that's what i was going to say i i i really thought in true frank sinatra style i had retired i i hung up my beard two or three years ago you may remember saying yeah. well that was fun but that was that well i'm afraid needs must and without even a panto to to bring in a few pennies this christmas i'm putting the fat suit back on <laughs> and the big voice and i'm going to be santa again <laughs> um yeah you know what it's fun and it's 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 it yeah it's fun and it gets me out of the house and um so, so- so do people approach you to do that via AidenBell.com, your website? No, I um, no. people know that I've had my musical Santa Santa and my great friend Nigel Harvey is the Santa yeah. in that musical and his sister Catherine runs an agency called Hire Santa and they actually have, oh God, I mean I think it's double figures now, 10, 15, 20 Santas who get sent out on work. So people who want a Santa know that they go to the Hire Santa agency um, right. and I've now rejoined. I'm back in okay. the fold and... Um, Girding my loins. Well, I hope it all works out well for you. Uh, oh, thank we, you. You're we, on the nice list. We've we decided this Christmas, all of our family, to stay on our own castles. <laughs> no one wants to travel. They reckon that. Um, I, I do. I do kind of get this. I'm. I'm, I'm approaching sixty, as I've said twice yeah. now on this show. Yeah. Um, and y- you kind of think to yourself, I can't be bothered to be travelling up and down. I mean, all of our family are dispersed across the UK. Right. And someone. 
um, if everyone's going to get together, at least, um, you know, well, one person can stay where they are, but everyone else has got to travel. And and quite rightly, I think, as you get older, you just feel like you want to stay in your own home. If you're going to do the Christmas thing and cook a turkey or something and, and be all festive, then... You don't want to be travelling around the... Anyway, so yeah. I kind of get that. I think when when families lived in the same villages in days gone by, better before... Yes, um, yes. I suppose it was all very different. And you, you, you lived on each other's doorstep, so it was just different, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, I suppose, it, again, it's, it's use case, because I suppose there is the argument that if families are living apart and don't see each other all year round, it's an excuse to see the family that you want to see. It depends if you want to see your family, if whether you yeah. prefer your mother-in-law at the other end of the country. Tree, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed something this week, Ted. Um, Black Friday's on its way, isn't it? It's around the corner yes. now. It's about three or four weeks away. I, just for fun, I couldn't possibly afford it, but just for fun, I've been watching a, a coffee machine that I'm very taken with and probably going to put onto I want one of those before you Ooh. know it. It suddenly went up by 400 quid from one day to the next. <laughs> and not only on one site, but on two or three sites simultaneously. And I think I know what they're doing. I think it's bloody Black Friday. I think they put the price up when no one's looking. And then in three weeks time, four weeks time, when we have Black Friday, everything will be sold at amazing Black Friday discounts, which yeah. actually half the time it's the same price that it was at the beginning of the month. But nobody looked. The swines. You know how you can get round that, don't you? You install Keeper. Oh, I've got it. I've got it and I've looked at it. And I have indeed seen that, for instance, on Amazon, it does indeed go up and down anyway. But yeah. I was just it, just, it just made me wonder because it was suddenly, I'm following it on, it's a Saga machine. And I'm looking at Saga, I'm looking at John Lewis, I'm looking at Amazon, I'm looking at Curry's. And then all of a sudden, they all shot up, which presumably mm. means they're following Saga's lead, or Sage, I think you call it, Sage's lead. But nevertheless, I'm sure it's connected with... um. Uh, so what's Black wrong? Friday. What's wrong with your existing one then? Oh, nothing that you, that you rave about. <laughs> nothing at all. I'm just bored with it. I've had it for about four oh, years. Okay. I use it m- literally multiple times. A- yeah, I mean literally, probably three or four times a day. I absolutely love it to death. Uh, it's beginning to show the slightest first signs of wear, but it's a perfectly good machine. I'd have no reason to get rid of it except that I'm bored and I like new toys. Oh, I see. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Move on. But when you but when you get to when you buy your new one, I'll buy your your old one off you. Hundred okay. quid, all right? Okay. Hundred hundred quid is a deal. Deal. Let's but let's see if I'm vindicated <laughs> on Black Friday. If the thing suddenly, yeah, if it yeah. plummets in price on Black Friday, you never know. I might be a naughty boy, so you might you, you might I might call your bluff on that one, Ted, and you'll be yeah. getting a coffee machine for a hundred quid. Okay, it's a deal. What have you been um, up to? I've been um, re regurgitating my <laughs> interest. In yeah, quite in LPs. Ah, S- sitting here with my turntable. In fact, I've got two turntables here. Um, both of them are project ones, and you know, I and loads and loads of albums. And I, I this month I've been kind of thinking I don't ever use these. It's very silly. Um, and I, I mean, I do get that you'll reduce the value of them if you want to sell them by using them. But there's not much point in having them really unless Agreed. you're a collector. Yes, so. I have been getting them out and and putting them on and really enjoying them. And I tell you the one thing, well, a couple of things really. The first thing is how nice it is to get the often gatefold sleeve open and and read the oh, lyrics yes, while you're listening yes. and all of that thing. And that's just so nice. Oh, you don't get with feely. Yes. digital music. No. All right. I mean, you, you can sit and look at the lyrics on a screen, I suppose, while you're while you're listening, but it's not the same no. as a, an LP sleeve um, or even a CD sleeve. Um, the other thing that, that I've noticed is that you're much more likely to stop and listen mm. and enjoy it mm-hmm. rather than just this continual stream of music in the background, you know, seeping out of a Google speaker or something. And it's just it's just a nice kind of way to stop and have a coffee and sit in a chair with the with the sleeve and just do that one activity. Vive la concept album. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I so I've been doing that recently this week. So it's been really nice and I've been enjoying it. Um and I should I should do more of it. Do you know what? I agree with you 150% Ted. But an interesting thought. You prefer you 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 don't want to read a real book. You'll always read a Kindle or a, or an e-book of some kind, won't you? And yet you prefer CD sleeves to reading lyrics on screen. That I find interesting. If there was an if there was a Kindle 
record sleeve. Would you be happy with that or would you still want to read the real sleeve? No, no, no. I, I, the only reason that I like a Kindle, really, is because of all the stuff you can stuff into it. If I had a big house with loads of bookcases, I would love to have books. Oh, good. It would be wonderful. Oh, good, um, good, good. It's, it, it's only because of my lifestyle and, and convenience that I think, well, I've got these 3,000 books and they're all inside this thing and I don't need to find somewhere to keep them all. But, yeah, I okay, agree. Okay, okay, and understood. And, and, and thoroughly agree, Ted. I mean, I was brought up with the ethos that music is something important and I still live by that. Obviously, as a working musician, that's part of what I do. But I cannot listen to music half-heartedly. I cannot have music as background music. It's just not something that I want. So I'm absolutely with you. I've got a lot of LPs, actually. I've got a lot of my own LPs in my studio, which are mostly musical theatre, of course, and some pop and some old stuff like that. And then my father, we've still got a lot of classical CDs. You'd be very welcome to have or borrow or keep any you want, but I'm not Mm. sure they'd be quite your, your taste. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what you've got in terms of LPs. I wouldn't be interested in tapes or CDs. No, no. But the LPs would sound... I'll you make send, you a list. You, send me a load with a coffee machine. <laughs> yeah, I'll make you a list and see if anything does tickle your fancy, sir. Okay, fantastic. You mean you haven't already got a list? <laughs> I know, that's amazing. I'm quite, quite certain my mother will have a list of my father's stuff. I can send that over to you this afternoon. Yeah. But my own oh, list, no, I'll have to have the fun of diving into the back of the cupboard and digging them out and reminiscing yeah. and, and then deciding I'm not going to let you have them after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you got a record player, though? No. <laughs> uh, so you can't play them. I can't play them room. anyway, no. Right, OK, let's move on to the MeWe group. Yes, indeed. After all that. And um, we have a visit from Steve Litchfield. Hello, who, Steve. Would like to um, highlight the Lucky Sign Backpack Organiser. 17 quid on Amazon. I got this because I have a lovely Gaston Luger thick leather and canvas backpack that is let down only by having two internal, internal sections and no pockets for gadgets. Hey. This insert um, solves the issue nicely. I got the medium size. It fits, it, it fits inside the larger section of the backpack. It's made of tough felt and has more pockets and compartments than I'll ever need. It's a helpful little practical gadget and will last a lifetime and gives my backpack more real world use. Um, after Steve posted that, Chris Kelly jumped in. You may remember that Chris has got about 200 backpacks. <laughs> he, he seemed to specialise He's got a museum, them. yes. Yeah, yeah. And he said that he uses um, one called an Ogeo Alpha Convoy. Um, I've got quite an assortment of backpacks. Yeah, I've told you, you see. And my preference is for roll tops, which tend to be much more resistant to the casual dip. This is what I use as a day pack. Roll top, I assume he means by flipping over the top and going forward. I think so, but I'm wondering what a casual dip is. Does it mean when he goes Um. swimming when he's got it on? (laughs) (laughs) I must admit that I do do find uh, Steve's find very attractive. It seems a shame to put it inside a backpack because it's a very attractive looking felt thing, especially in the light grey or the darkish grey that comes up. Mm. I like that very much. Very good. I don't have a backpack at all, but um, no. I've sometimes wondered about getting one. I just don't think I'd ever use it. I think they're very practical. Yeah, I use one on my moped um, on a daily basis. Um, So for me, it's quite a good idea. But I only need one. I don't need an assortment like Chris has clearly got. I mean, Um. I'm considering that, you know, I drive too much and I ought to start walking more and I ought to walk round to Tesco. I mean, it's a fairly long walk, but it would be perfectly fine. I could do it. Then I'd need a backpack. And I'm looking at Chris's and seeing that it's £115. So that might be a little bit more than I need to spend. But um, yes. A cheap, cheap backpack, please, Chris. What would I well, like? Just something to bung the shopping in and carry it home from Tesco. We shall come back to compartmentalised bags later on. We shall. Now we're going to move on to Grandma Shark. Yeah. I, re- I remember when you first brought a Grandma Shark product onto the show and we, we said, what a weird name. And I bring, you, yeah. I bring you more Grandma Shark, although I must say on the machine itself, it says Shark Grandma. I don't know whether that's yeah. just because they're dyslexic. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's a leaf blower <laughs> slash vacuum. What I actually bought a little while ago, I've had it for a few weeks now, but I wanted to to actually get the measure of it before speaking of it. And I'm really happy. Um, We have a, our neighbour has an apple tree which protrudes over our fence and strewns leaves all over the garden. And I'm not saying this in a critical way. We've actually just had a lovely conversation and we're going to try and sort it out together. But anyway, we collect leaves like other people collect I don't know what. So I decided, I 
I, it would be fun to deal with this. And I've had no experience of this whatsoever. And I looked up leaf blowers and discovered, because I didn't even know, that you can get leaf vacuums. And I thought, well, that's fun. That's very Monty Python. Oh, I'm just outside to vacuum the garden. So <laughs> I bought, and it's great. <clears throat> it's a bit like when I discovered steam cleaning. I love this thing. It makes work fun. You, it, it is. It's. A, I mean, we all know what a, I presume everybody got, has a fairly good idea what a leaf blower sucker thing looks like. It's like a huge, dirty, great big pipe with a bag attached to it. And you go out to the garden and you, 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 you literally, you hoover up the leaves in the garden and it mulches them. It's got a, a, a 10 to 1 mulch ratio for effective debris collection and a 35 litre heavy duty bluff dust blocker collection bag. And it really does work wonders. The leaves go up and it goes and you hear this sort of crunching noise as the leaves go in. And when you empty the bag, lo and behold, it has indeed all been sort of sliced up like like onions in a restaurant. Um, and it's great and it works. <coughs> Excuse me, I've got frogs in the throat today. I paid £39 for mine. It's gone up to 43 now since. Uh, it is electric, of course, uh, but corded. It does no, no batteries here. It's uh, mains powered, so you get some real oomph from it. And not only that, the battery versions are more expensive. Um, I'm, I'm not bothered, worried about the cable. I don't find that a problem to deal with. Um, I've never actually used the blowing function. I've turned it on and, and pointed it at things and seen, oh, yes, this has got quite a blow to it. <laughs> but I've, I've not had any need of the leaf blower. I've only used After it. After you've washed your hair. Yeah, yes. Well, I, I was thinking... And and I also thought, oh, filming, this could be great fun. You know, you have some Marilyn Monroe model. Stand there, love, stand there, love. I'll just get the leaf blower. Um, but um, for those that care, maximum air volume, 13.2 metres, square metres per minute. Maximum air speed, 270 kilometres per hour, whatever that means. Um, yeah, and it mulches. Uh, it's got a shoulder strap, which I've never actually needed because it only weighs three kilos. So it's not difficult to lug this thing around. Uh, and it's got wheels, which is lovely. The very end of the pipe has wheels. So just oh, like yeah. a, a vacuum in your house, <laughs> you can go back and forth with it. Um, oh, yeah. The only thing that I think is a shame is that the end is probably something like 10 centimetres, four inches in old money wide, the sucky part. Uh, whereas, yeah. of course, on a conventional vacuum cleaner, you'd be looking at more like sort of 20, 20 25 centimetres. So it's a shame it's not wide and can't suck up more leaves at a time but I suppose it's they're just not made like that but I'm enjoying nice. it I don't as yeah. I say I've never encountered these things before and it's an it's a pretty yellow color and it's called grandma shark and it was only 39 quid at the time so I grabbed that one purely for those reasons and so far I'm very happy I haven't broken it and it still works well done very good I've got an idea yes if you if you suck all the leaves up then point the thing over the fence and blow, <laughs> blow, them. blow them all out on your neighbor yeah, there's your leaves back, love. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems to be 42 quid today. For, but okay. You're right, it was 39 Wait for Black recently. Friday, it'll be 50p and a donut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very nice. It looks like a really good... I wish I had the need for one. The usual Oh, story. don't we say that? Yes, indeed. Yeah. So very nice indeed. What I do have the need for, and I've been banging on about on this show off and on for ages, is something to shine up my moped when I come back in the dark. <laughs> I wondered it... where that sentence was going, <laughs> Mr. Salmon. <laughs> and, and it's come to the time of year now, and I've, I've spoken about this off and on for ages, but I come to the time of year now where it is dark when I get back mm -hmm. and I can't see what I'm doing in terms of locking up the wheels and the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So... I found this little LED security light thingy, which is apparently allegedly waterproof, so you can stick it outside. Yeah. It's a nice little unit, actually. It's called an Auro Glow LED security light, and it's got a little kind of base. And it's also that the light itself is in a, in the shape of a ball, and so the ball fits inside the kind oh, of so it swivels the, around, the, 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 and you can swivel it around exactly. Um, and then we, and and you can take it out as well, so you can actually use it as a, a, a walk around oh, torch as well that's clever. Uh, and then clip it back into the the base when you want it to be by the you know in the base and it's got four it's not the brightest thing in the world it's got four leds which are bright enough by far to see what i'm doing outside um and it's motion activated it takes three aa batteries um it's motion three activated. though that's so, an awkward number isn't it <laughs> yeah well that was the same as my bathroom one that took three as well 
Um, anyway, it's got this um, infrared sensor, so it knows when you're coming along, and that works brilliantly well. It come you 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 come along on I, I come along on my moped, and it just as I hit the the, the zone, it turns on, and good as gold. As long as I'm moving, it stays on while I'm doing what I'm doing, and then about twenty seconds um, when it detects no movement afterwards, it turns itself off. So really, really good. It's got an on and off and an auto switch on it so you, you can as i say take it off the base and use yeah. it um just on as a torch um you can if you want to use the supplied screws or stickers but actually i've just stuck it on the ground i, I put it not, no not stuck it i've yeah. put it on the ground and i have not attached it with anything i suppose if there's a really really strong wind it might um carry it away but it, it seems to be tucked away nicely i didn't feel the need to attach it to anything the claim of a four-meter range um, for the infrared sensor, I have tested thoroughly, and they are completely exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> it more, it, it's in my test. It's more like about two meters, right. to be honest. But um, it, it, it's it's more than enough than I need. Yes, as um, long as it stops you driving into the wall of the garage or something. Exactly, and <clears throat> and the the batteries I think will just last forever because I mean it's not being used very yes. much. It's like once a day, twice yeah. a day at most, um, and you can get it in black and white. And it's only eleven pounds seventy four. Very well, it, good, sir. It might not be today, but it was when I bought it. Um, and it's it's a really really nice little thing, um, and I'm I'm very pleased with it. It seems to work brilliantly well. I suppose the only test will be over time to to see if it is actually waterproof and um, weatherproof, and whether it starts you know yes water starts to get inside it. The the way that you get inside it to put the batteries in, you take the two halves of the thing like a, a an Easter egg. Oh yeah, and you you screw it against oh, each they other. Should be fine. And you know what? Even so, if it only yeah. gets you through one winter for eleven quid, that's still yeah, a job exactly. done, isn't it? Exactly. So anyway, I'm very pleased with that. The Oro Aura Glow. I like that, Ted. Yeah. I'm amused by the fact that the page on Amazon says spread the cost of your purchase over £100. But it doesn't cost £100. <laughs> it's only £11.74. Yeah. It's very nice, Ted. Yes, it's a bit like the, 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 the lights I brought on the, 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 the other ones I brought the other week. Because you use them very seldom, in my case, the solar battery doesn't run out. And in your case, these batteries are probably going to go on forever. Exactly. I rest your case. I remember when PIR sensor lights first came in and I was sat in a bathroom somewhere minding my own business and of course then all the lights go out because you're sat on the loo and you don't move and suddenly it's you're in, you're plunged into darkness and you think, oh God, the bulb's gone. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. only when you sort of try and move around in the darkness to fumble your way through that you realise the lights come back on when you move. Yeah, you wave your hand. <laughs> it's enough of that. Andrew Manning. <laughs> has brought us a phone stand. It's very nice. It's an ESR Boost phone kickstand. I mean, we've seen a lot of kickstands in the past, particularly on PSC, of course. But Andrew says, I'm loving this. Stick it to your phone or your phone's case. I can watch videos horizontally or vertically with an adjustable angle up to 60%. Made of aluminium. Strong adhesive wasn't that strong, he says, so I added a bit of super glue. But it's only £11. Um, yeah, it's a sort of long, thin kickstand, as most are. And um, yeah, if you have need of it, then I'm sure it's very useful. I don't. I have a phone that opens up like a laptop anyway. But um, for everybody else, I think this is probably quite a useful kickstand. Do you have kickstands on it your multiple phones, I, I don't, because I, I, the problem that I would find, incidentally, at 60 degrees, not six, uh, 60 degrees and not 60%. Did I say 60%? So, That's because I'm a fool. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. But the 60 degrees is the amount that it... Oh, anyway, the, um, what I was going to say was that I, I don't have one of these on because I think it would annoy me getting in and out of my pocket unless you could stick it on a case, a TPU case, yes. whereby you put it on if you want to use it. But permanently on the back of my phone, I think that would just really annoy me. But laying that aside, it looks like a great idea, and Andrew's quite, quite right, it, a kickstand on the back of a phone is, is a super idea. Of course, with your phone, you don't have to worry about this sort of thing, do you? No, and the other thing I've seen people have with on phones, which is at the same time both very useful and unhelpful, is this little sort of bubble hand a sort of little ball that's on the back that you sort of put, your, put oh, between yeah. your fingers to grip the phone. I'm sure that's tremendously useful. But again, how would you then put it into any pocket or case or bag or anywhere? Yeah, I think I think the, the, the better ones of those come off. 
so you can not have anyway yeah it, it all these things all these additions to phones are really good until you want to put it in a slim pocket yes yes then you're buggered yes arthritis gloves talking about buggered hands being buggered <laughs> oh yes fingerless compression gloves my mother bought yes um they're non-slip why they... does your mother not have any fingers <laughs> sorry <laughs> Um, and they re- and they relieve symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. Raynaud's disease, as you know about. Yes. Um, they are breathable. They are comfortable fit, machine washable, and Mum agrees with all that. I, that all that was read from the Amazon website, of course. Six pound ninety nine, and they are tight. And I think that's what it does to relieve the symptoms of um, arthritis and what have you. Yes. Is that they just, you know, you can't feel your hand after 10 minutes because it's so tight. But she actually does say it helps a lot. She she likes to do her jigsaw still. And um, she does find that when she's doing jigsawing, they do make a difference. and They, they help her out. And she has been wearing them. And all, all across the front of them, it's covered in these little plastic or rubber... Oh, I know thingies. those. They make, it, make it grippy, don't they? Yeah, that's right. And so when you're doing something like opening a, a, a bottle or something, mm. you've got built-in grippiness. So, um, yeah, it, it's really good. I, it, it, she's really pleased with them. And they were, um, you know, she. in fact, she had to get the medium size, I think. So you, you have to be a bit careful with the sizes. Yes. But, um, yeah, very nice. I know this. I, I've got that grippy stuff on a pair of white Santa gloves for if I'm having to read a book to kids, for instance. I can't turn the pages of a book with silk uh, gloves on. Um, these look fabulous and I'm sure they're perfect for your mother's case. But I'm thinking Reynard's is to do with the blood not flowing properly. And that's why the hand gets cold. Surely these would restrict blood flow yes. and make the hand even colder. So yeah. I'm not sure whether the Reynard's... Stupid Amazon. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. for, for your mother, for arthritis, I think, yes, they, they, they do look fabulous. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Very good indeed. So there you go. Excellente. Chris Kelly brings us a One Pro PSI portable tyre inflator. Now, you're not going mad. We've spoke of this before because I oh, remember yeah. when it was first brought to the show and you and I both got very excited about it. Uh, but I, also, I remember it particularly because we didn't know how big it was. Oh, Chris yeah. has bought one. He says, a few months ago, we spoke of this Kickstarter project. Indeed, we did. I decided to back it, he says, and now I have the product. It charges via USB-C and has a 10,400 milliamp capacity battery. You can preset the required pressure and it will automatically stop. It's also pretty quick. As a motorcyclist, the small size and battery power, power, battery power were essential. It also has a built-in light with an SOS strobe feature. I'm delighted with the purchase at $100. It wasn't cheap, but backing it on Kickstarter saved me $50 on the retail price. He doesn't say whether it was $100 and he saved 50 and therefore he paid 50 or the retail price was more than the $100 Kickstarter and so he paid more than... I, I'm not sure. But anyway, either way, fingers crossed, it stands the test of time, says Chris. And I then um, posted on the MeWe group saying, yes, but how big is it? Hmm. And finally, we know because Chris posted a picture of this thing next to a teaspoon. So it's yes, really tiny. Right. I mean, it is yeah. it is microscopic. You could put mm. it down and not find it. Um, yeah, I mean, I begin to wonder if that's actually a bit too small for comfort. But um, Chris <laughs> likes it. And it does look, yeah. it still looks very, very sexy looking from the pictures. Very good indeed. I think the retail price is $100 and he got it for 50 He did get it for 50 yeah. That's That's bloody good. That's about 30 yeah. quid then, 30, 40 quid. That's not bad going at all then, is it? Very good indeed. So, as you say, do please let us know in due course, Chris, does it survive the test of time? Yeah. Now, did you waste your money on a bunch of oil haters? Oh, I do hope not. It was my mother's money, but I hope I didn't waste it. Why? I picked up this um, article this week in the Money edit.com yes which posed that question is it cheaper to use oil heaters or fan heaters ah. which is what i do i've got fan heaters and actually mm-hmm. I, I find the fan heaters as long as you can shut the door on a room and you only want that room heated the fan heater is really good i've spoken about that on the show mm-hmm. before yes um 
Anyway, their verdict was both heaters have similar running costs, but an oil heater is typically more expensive to buy than a fan heater. Mm-hmm. It's down to how powerful your heater is. Both heaters have temperature contro- uh, controllers depending on the model you have, so this lets you take control of the heat, blah, 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 blah. Um, an oil heater may actually be cheaper to run when you factor in the residual heat after the heater is turned off. Yes. Which is a good point, yes. like a storage heater. Other benefits with an oil heater is that it's safer to use and they don't make the air dry like fan heaters if you're able to pay a bit more for an oil heater and would prefer a safer heater um, uh, and one that still gives off heat even if you're turned off we reckon the oil heater is the overall winner so they yes they they reckon you've not wasted your money i I think it does that like i said just now it does depend on your usage though because if you have got like last night for example this place was baking. I, I was throwing off all the bedding in the night because it was so hot. Um, and if I'd had a, an oil heater with residual heat in it, I'd have been really annoyed. Yes. Whereas if you've got a fan heater, if you want to, if you the point about a fan heater is that you can affect a quick change. I was just going to say that you can heat a room with a fan heater in in a tenth of the time it would yeah. take an oil heater. Yes. Yes. That's Indeed. very true. But, but yeah. My concern, um, especially living with my elderly mother, is that I know that lots and lots of, of hot, dry air is not good for you in the long yes. run, as you insinuated. So I think personally, even if it did turn out that the air was the better option, I probably still would have gone with oil anyway for that reason. Um, okay. But as you say, for the, quick, for the quick heating up of a room, you cannot beat an air, an air blower. Like the ones you've got over your doors. Presumably you're still using those, are you? I haven't turned it on this year, at least not yet, because we're doing our best to save money this year and only right. turn on what needs to be turned on but yes indeed but that that that's um in the hallway so that's a room that we only pass through rather than actually spend time in yes because the indeed. other thing that of course we haven't mentioned is that um oil heaters are silent fan heaters go Whoa! yes yeah. yeah that's true you're, you're quite right and storage heaters too yes that run on the electricity um, I've got central heating in my static van, right. um, which runs off of gas, um, you know, uh, piped gas, because the, the whole site is not like a um, uh, not, not not like a caravan park. It's actually yeah, it is. You've you, you got piped yes. um, mains mains gas and mains electricity and all that. So. Um, my central heating is actually incredibly efficient and it's got traditional radiators around the whole place. So it works really, really well. But if it didn't have that, I think the oil heaters would probably be the way to go. Yes. Um, and uh, you've obviously made a good choice. Yeah, we still have only the three running at the moment um, and they are proving very efficient and they're not they're not they're not I mean, luckily, it's so mild at the moment. We're doing very well anyway. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so far, so good. Well, you, the, the test will come when it, when and if it does get cold. Yeah, it will. Um, and then you'll see how efficient they are, I suppose. Yeah, and then I've got it's a bit to, late now, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but then I can compare <laughs> this year's bills with last year's bills, but then I've got to take into account Mr Putin and all the rubbish going on and the fact that it's more expensive anyway. So let's see what happens. Yeah. Daniel Bemis is next with the Wise Life Reusable Grocery Bags. Mm. £44. But, says Daniel, a pack of wow. three, so they're actually 13 to £14 each. I use cloth grocery bags, says Daniel, instead of plastic bags. Good for you, sir. Well done. These allow for fewer trips to the car and I don't have to pay eight cents per bag in the grocery store. My state of Washington in the US is a very tax heavy and environmentally friendly state. These bags have paid for themselves over the last two years. These with side stripes, which you'll need... They, they come with side stripes, which you will need for when they get packed full of heavy items. Straps. Straps. What did I say? Stripes. <laughs> I think... I mentioned dyslexia earlier, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. They do. Those straps, he's quite Ladies right. Ladies Mr. Deck Salmon. Um, <laughs> you, you can see that those straps are going to hold the they weight are, of the yeah. bag. And they're, yeah, and they're nice. They're these sort of... They're not really bags. They're almost boxes with handles, aren't they? Yeah, they've actually got... Yeah. Com- they've got there's a five-sided cube there. Um, very really nice, nice. Very nice. Yeah. I remember saying on the group, I'm quite lucky. Um, I shop mostly at Tesco and I will bring the trolley to the car, put the food in, the, put the shopping into the car and then my car parks about two metres away from our back door so it just comes out of the car and into the house so I actually don't need bags at all. But if I did, right. I like these very much. I think I'd prefer something like a box, a box bag rather than just a carrier bag where stuff is going to get squashed at the bottom. I've got a top tip for you. Yes, sir. For anyone that is interested. Um, I use 
Iceland um, plastic bags. And the, the, the good thing about the Iceland plastic bags are that they last for years. They are so thick and strong. Honestly, these, these Iceland bags, we've had them in the, in the garage for just such a long time. And they never seem to wear out. They never tear. They never, because they're just made of really, really good plastic. Right. And, and that's another way to go. They were given to us for free, of course. That's all um, the plastic that when they said we're going to give up plastic packaging, they used all that plastic to make bags. <laughs> yes, good for Iceland. But yes, Daniel's right. He's doing it the right way. Um, have stuff that is not going to fill up the ocean afterwards and, and all the rest of it. So good for you. Indeed. Chris Kelly's back with Gad Lane tubeless <laughs> well gad lane <laughs> can't they give things proper names instead of stupid names we can't pronounce gad lane tubeless tire puncture repair kit in addition to the aforementioned tire inflator an essential part of my travel equipment on the motorbike is a puncture repair kit ah I've tried a few, but by far the best is this sticky string variety. The sticky string in this kit are about um, the sticky strings in this kit are about a quarter inch thick, and you use what is a huge needle to punch them halfway through the hole. Good you Lord. cut any excess off the flush with the tire. Um, sorry, you cut any excess off so that it ends up flush with the tyre. The sticky stuff bonds with the rubber and seals the hole. It's only supposed to be a temporary solution, but as mentioned, I've repaired two punctures in the same um, tyre with these and ridden in, in excess of 2,000 miles afterwards, some of it at motorway speeds without any loss of pressure. So these... Um, in, in actual fact, if you look at the pictures and the video of this, you can see exactly how they work. As Chris says, you push this thing in with a, a, a prodder and it kind of makes the seal and gets all sticky. And you can see how it works. This is cunning. Um, this, is, this is wonderful. Yeah, really, really good. Um, so uh, armed with your inflator and one of these, if you do get a puncture, you're away. This little kit puncture repair kit is £15.99 it sounds like it's a bit of a bargain so him with his um, inflator from earlier for like 65 quid or something yes yes he's done isn't he's he? all sorted the only thing I would say as a car driver is often you have no idea where your puncture is your tyre yes. goes down but you wouldn't necessarily be able to use this to fix it because you wouldn't know uh, where to find the puncture on the tyre to fix you go down to the river and put it under the water. That's what you do, yes. Uh, they look like sticks of cinnamon in this picture. It's an incredible way to yeah. repair a car tyre with a stick of cinnamon. There you go. Who knew? Or, one of, or <laughs> those, um, those, do you remember those red licorice laces? Yes, yes. They're the ones. <laughs> Very good. Anyway, there you go. Thank you, Chris. And thank, to, thank you to everyone for your feedback in the MeWe group. If you don't know what we're talking about, links in the show notes. Come and join us and have fun in the MeWe group. Now it's two Chris Kellys following one another, so let's separate them with a jingle. Heads top tips, heads top tips, heads top tips. Indeed, and he's talking. Oh, we're back. So <laughs> I just realised that it's uh, another motorcycle one, which is great. I'm not complaining, but the because I uh, this 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 is good for me because I ride my moped around, and he's quite right with this one. When you're riding your moped or moped motorbike or moped around, you get bugs splattered all over your visor or your helmet, and he says that those can be quite difficult to get off. Um, but the simple simple solution is to get a piece of kitchen roll, um, soak it in warm water and lay it over the bugs for five to ten minutes and then they'll just wipe off. So, um, yeah, good tip from, from Chris Cody there. Um, splattered bugs. And I suppose the same principle be, could be applied to your headlights on your car. Um, instead of trying to just you know clean them off with chemicals or something else, yes. just get some a bit of paper, um, soak it, and then just let it soak, and then you can wipe it away. Good, good tip. All, yeah, I've always been a fan of a good soak. Um, if we have you know, pots and pans and things that either can't go in the dishwasher or might take up the whole dishwasher by themselves, I often will just fill something with a you know squirt of washing up liquid, fill it with water, and then you come back the next morning, wipe it round, rinse it off, and it's clean. So, really? um, yeah, vive la soak. Cool. Still using, still using. What was that you said just now about things not having sensible names? Um, I'm still using... <laughs> Here we go. My Loctite 
Knitsu Glue. K-N-I-T-S-U Glue. Knitsu Glue. Knitsu. Knitsu. Knitsu Glue. Stupid Oh, name. it's very good. It knits you glue things together. I don't know. Yeah. But um, what it is, is... Imagine blue tack. We all know blue tack. No one loves blue Imagine blue tack that sets rock solid. Um, this pack... I bought oh, this pack yeah. in 2020. And you get there, you get three little tiny five kilograms... Five grams, sorry. Five gram pouches. It's They're a bit like sort of, you know, a tea bag. One could say a condom, actually. It's about the right size and shape. You open mm. this plastic condom packet and out pops... Um, essentially a, a, a piece of either black or white, depending on which you've bought, a blue tack like substance, like a putty, which you putty around in your hands a little bit, and then you do whatever you do with it. In my case, I got it, you might remember, for my webcams, uh, for a web, uh, the security cams we have in our front room, I bought little flaps to pull down over the lens if you want some privacy. Um, and I remember some time ago now, well, back in 2020, I talked about how I used this... Um, funny putty stuff to stick the little flaps onto the cameras to allow them to go up and down and so cover or reveal the lens. And to say I'm still using it is to say that it's still holding fast. I put them on there and I wasn't even sure in October 2020 whether they'd last five minutes. And they've mm-hmm. not only lasted five minutes, they've lasted two years. Um, it's they're still rock hard, lock tight there, perfectly doing their job well. And I've got one little putty thing left. And as I squeeze this little pot, I can little packet, I can feel that it's still um, squeezable inside. So it's kept its air sealant and it's probably good to go if I need it two years later. Excellent. Actually, um, you had slightly misspelled it. It's called Kintz, you glue. Oh, that's oh, you see, that's uh, it's the German in me, science. Oh, Kintzkuri, ah, yeah, it's you're quite right. Still, it's equally baffling. I mean, it still doesn't yeah, yeah. make any sense. But yes, indeed, K I N T S U. And it's covered in what looks like Russian or Greek writing. Yeah, on the I don't know where it so, comes from. I remember. Oh, it's Chinese too. I don't know where. I can't even remember how I found it, but I was delighted when I did. Oh, I think I found it initially because I was looking for things when I was out in the garden during lockdown, playing with the pond and wanting to stick things down right there. that's right but yeah. um yeah really good very small amount you know just a little you know between two fingers just a small swatch of this stuff but it's it sets rock hard i can't remember how long good. it takes to set now but i mean it'll say on the instructions in greek <laughs> i'm trying to yeah. read it and it is literally in greek um, now if you want if you want to buy any of this now you've got to go to see all buying options and it costs a penny good grief with four pound 59 delivery <laughs> whoops <laughs> £4.59 delivery. I've discovered. Yeah, there you go. They tell you to they tell you to need it for 10 seconds and it hardens overnight. So you've got plenty okay. of time to say, yeah, I hate that when they do that. This only costs one penny, but you have to pay £780 for postage. Yeah. Good. I'm glad it's still working. Um, and it looks like it's probably a, a little bit difficult to get hold of. Amazon are not mainstream selling it now. Ah, so I don't know. Maybe That's I have the a... last one in the world. Yeah, no, no, no. It's clearly for sale, but not from them. Right. Anyway, I'm still using. Um, we were talking about earlier about bags with compartments. Yes, in it. Well, yes. This, this was the link, really. The Clearwater Gig Bag, and I think it's designed. Well, I'm fairly sure it's designed for people that go round to gigs, um, carrying cables, microphones, and um, pedals and stuff for playing music, basically. But I've never used it for that because I don't do that. But it's a it's a really good um, bag which. I brought to uh, whatever works 43 in September 17 and that still does get use not daily use but it does get use Um, it's a long kind of bag as you'd imagine if it's going to have microphones and cables in it yes Um, but the the good thing about it is that it comes with eight adjustable compartments so inside you get these um, seven um, thingies that are kind of velcroed each side. Oh, I know these. Yeah, camera bags have yeah. them. In. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And you can just put them wherever you like. You can make the apartment the compartments as as small or as big as you want to, or leave them all out and just use it in one line, or. You can have the compartments in there, but still you can get stuff underneath the line of the compartments. Ah, they don't, yes. They don't stick on the bottom as well, you see. So it's all very clever. It's a little external pocket as well. Um, and I brought this, as I say, uh, five years ago now, and it's still um, being used. It's a nice bag. It's a big bag. You can carry a lot of stuff in it. I paid £21 for it, but I see now that it's 35 quid. Woo! 
Um, I'm not sure if it's worth 35 quid, to be honest. It's 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 kind of nylon-y material. Um, but to be fair, there's nothing has ever gone wrong with it. It hasn't broken or worn out or anything. And it has had quite a lot of use. So maybe it is worth 35 quid. Uh, anyway, there you go. The Clearwater gig bag. I like it very much. I think uh, it's the kind of thing that I would probably make good use of with my filming, taking equipment yes. out for filming and stuff. Indeed. A good... It's, um, it's a good bag. And it's quite long as well. It's, it's it's an odd thing to carry, to be honest. You can imagine, I don't know if you ever played cricket, but when back in the yes. day... Yes, oh yes, you, yes. You, you carry your cricket, uh, your, your pads and your bat, and you have this really odd-looking long bag. <laughs> um, while I wasn't listening to a word you said, I've just done some quick research. The Kintsu glue is available on onebuy.com. Um, yeah. And lots and lots on eBay. I think if you want some, just go to eBay. Lots of people seem to be selling it. They probably bought it all up. Right, all then. Daniel Bemis brings us cheapest chips, reusable produce bags by Utilifox. Ooh. Utilifox is that a company run by foxes? Never heard of them before. <laughs> Utility company. Eco-friendly mesh bags for fruit and vegetables. He says a set of eight for twenty-three pounds, but that makes them about three pounds each or just under. Twelve by fourteen inches in old money, washable, strong, and with drawstring. They are reusable product bags, which I bought in the USA. Says Daniel, and they are great. I have used them for a year, and I've never had any issue with them. I just wash them with the whites in the washing machine when needed. They are made of polyester and biodegradable. You can find something similar for much cheaper on Amazon, but I found that these work remarkably well. Spookily, my mum has just started... I, I, I didn't know anything about this until I, um, I just happened to see her in the kitchen getting some um, onions out of one of these bags. Oh! And, and I thought, that's a spooky coincidence. Well, unless she saw Daniel's thing on the, the group yes. and then went and, and bought and some. rushed off and bought some without telling you, yes. Yeah. Um, but she said that they're really good as well. She said that it, it compartmentalises stuff in the fridge and they're pretty good. They, they keep stuff, you know, fresh vegetables and that. Yes. Yes. Um, fresh, um, and she thinks they're really good. So, so there's a second opinion which um, supports these things. Very nice, thank you, Daniel. Indeed. Now, I've got one that I'm cheating with because I'm going to bring it to the next show, but um, because it hasn't arrived yet. This is the self-adhesive tea towel holders. Ah. Um, I have a need for some of these in the van because I've got tea towels, kind of, and, and small hand towels all over the place. And I thought this is a good idea. So. Um, I went on the hunt for tea towel holders, and you get three for a fiver. They're made of plastic, these particular ones, and this has become the gravity challenge, really, because they come with sticky pads. And the question will be, these kind of things you always put vertically on a wall, um, but the question will be is how good how, the sticky yes, pads yes. are. And the people that are reviewing them have said, yes, they are. They're very good. Make sure you obviously clean and dry the site first. Yeah. but. And they do come with a screw if you've got wood to put them into it, so you could, um, re, you know, reinforce it that way. Um, but yeah, everyone says that they re review really well, so I'll bring it back to the next show when they've arrived, when I put them up, and I'll let you know if they're any good or if the first time I use one they fall off the wall. Um, I, I guess there should have been a, a I want one of those really, but um, <laughs> at least it, at least it justifies it our cheapest chips. I want section. one of those when it only costs five yeah. quid anyway. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I wish you'd found these some weeks ago. I, I needed exactly this for my mother, and I oh. think we ended up with a boring old hook. Um, oh, okay. Good find, Ted. Yes, thank you. Well, I'll, I'll let you know on the next show how good they are or how crap they are. Right, and now you can tell us what you do want. I want one, I want one, I want one. I want one of those. I want a gather. A gather? A gather. What is a gather, pray? Now, this, 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 is, this is a, a method which has been a, on, put out on Kickstarter to organise your desk. And I was drawn to it because it looked like a really good idea. So this company called Gather are going to sell you modular pieces of whatever in order to organise your desk. So... The, the the basic underlying thing here is that it's to do with magnets. Mm -hmm. So you've got something you need to put on your desk, like a stream deck or a Zoom recorder yes. or speakers or or a, 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 a pen holder or whatever you want. And what you do is you um, buy the component parts to make all that become um, magnetic. So 
I, I, I think that the idea is that you put all this stuff on a sheet of metal, so your desktop... In fact, I think they'll sell you the desk if you want to, but you could just have any sheet of metal, really. Put that as your desktop, and you can then um, put these magnets on the bottom of your things that you want on your desk, and they'll just stick to the desk. I mean, it's a stupidly simple idea, because it's just magnets. We've known what magnets do for, for centuries... Um, and um, this is just an interesting use for them to make sure that your stuff doesn't walk around on your desk or you don't knock things over. In fact, you could put it on the bottom of your... Yeah, that's an idea. Put one on the bottom of your coffee cup and you wouldn't, you wouldn't, <laughs> knock, it wouldn't over. knock it over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of trying to work out whether I think this is brilliant or utterly stupid. I mean, if you were on a ship that's going from side to side, it would be yeah. wonderful. But I'm just thinking, unless your desk has a tendency to move, how useful is it really? I... I don't know. <laughs> I think I think I think it's to do with organising. Yeah. Is is if you look at the video that they they've got attached to this, you can see that the person's desk that they're they're, they're looking at is a very very OCD driven kind of yes, person. Yes. Yes. Everything in its place. So I think you would need to be you know. But I mean, for example, I've got a um, Qi charger, a flat chi charger on my desk and that's forever moving around and um forever pulling it back where it should okay. be. Okay. Um, and, he, and and if that had a magnet on the bottom, that would stay put. That would stay where it is. On the other hand, if you don't ever want it to move, then there we go. We're back to blue tack. <laughs> Just yeah, shove some blue tack on the bottom of it and stick it down, and there you are. Bob's your uncle. Kints you glue. <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was that that um, drew my eye, and um, link in the show notes to that. But the, the the component parts seem to start at about forty four quid. Although I think that's on the um, early bird Kickstarter, so who knows what it'll be when it actually gets out to retail. But it just looked like an interesting idea to me, and worth a quick look. Indeed. Better before. I'm sure we've all seen people like Stephen Fry going on about the language and how language must be allowed to change and old farts like me saying, no, no, I want all my apostrophes in the right place. Uh, and I accept I can't be a fuddy-duddy and I accept that I think language is an evolving thing and none of us can try to sort of fix in aspic the language and the grammar that we've learned as young people and say it must never, ever change. That's ridiculous. Why am I saying all this? Because what I'm bringing to better before is the loss of capitalization and full stops. While I agree that language must and should change and evolve, I think that something as, as simple and as general as capitalising at the beginning of a sentence, putting full stops at the end of sentences, it's disappearing. And I think that's a great shame. And I mean, I, I, I receive business messages from people who just type without capitalisation. Um, I'm being distracted here because, ladies and gentlemen, Ted Salmon is being hysterically <laughs> funny here. He's actually removing all the capital letters from the show notes as I read this. Very good, Ted. Very good. But, yeah, my point is I think it's born out of laziness. It's born out of apathy and ignorance and laziness. And even people who, who do speak well and do have good grammar, if they want to, are just lazy and bored and just spew out sentences and not bothering to put full stops at the end or commas in the right place or capital letters at the beginning and I don't like it it is a, an age thing you're absolutely right the children in school now apparently are caused uh, sorry are are taught um, largely to get the message across it doesn't matter how as long as you can be understood get the message yes. across don't worry about the grammar or the capitalization or the the punctuation or whatever just as long as people know what you mean, that's all right. And, and, I, and I agree with you. But then we're both, you know... But isn't the point 60... of putting a comma in the right place to indicate what you mean and to save misinterpretation? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what grammar's yeah, for. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but if you can get the same message across by not doing that, then I think that what they're saying is don't bother. Um, like, for example, in your... Um, in your sentence here, you put, however, comma, the disappearance of basic 
capitalization comma uh, blah 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 yeah and but but what they would argue was you don't need those two commas because it would just read however the disappearance of basic capitalization and and you still got, have got the same message across you didn't need to have that pause in there why have the pause when you didn't need it because it's proper in it yeah, well, that's it. And that's what I was going to say earlier, is that we're both, you know, nearly 60, and my mum and dad are, are even older, and, and we've just done things in, in inverted commas, the proper way yes. for a long, long time. And, and it's a reflection of our ages, I think, and our education and the way in which the way in which the world is yes. was but that's that's then. why I began by saying the Stephen Fry anecdote and that one must accept yeah. that language must change and should change yes. but can it not still change I hate the word properly can it not still change and develop but in a respectful and a, a uniform way I suppose it's lack of I uniformity. I mean, you don't. I mean, I have had emails from people, and I have been a little perplexed. Well, what do they mean? Do they mean this or that? The comma's not there. Therefore, I'm not quite sure what they're telling me. Yeah, I, I do agree. Um, and, and in a formal, you see, there's a couple of things also going on here, which is the difference between formal and informal. So, for example, if you went to um, the to Waterstones and bought a book, any book on the shelf it would be just punctuated properly and it would be done well. It would be put out there because it's formal. Yes. So if someone's making money out of that. What we're talking about here is lazy social media yes. and um, handwritten notes left on yeah. fridges and, and, um, and, and emails from friends yeah, you, to you're friends. You're quite right. But, and, and it is to do with age. I mean, I have to say, my shopping list that only I ever see, every item begins with a capital letter. <laughs> You know, yeah, and yeah, if I, I type agree. by mistake and miss the capital letter, I'll go back and put it in, even though totally. nobody's going to see it but me. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I do the same thing. And I'm sure that Steve Litchfield is very annoyed at me going through the PSC recording notes, correcting <laughs> any, er yes. any errors that are made. And because it's, it's like an OCD thing almost. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I agree with you. It was better before. <laughs> And um, uh, lots of people listening to this probably will think, Tuck, you miserable old git. Absolutely. In it. And I'm going to carry on. I mean, I'm just taking this <laughs> argument from one section of the show to the next. So I apologise for yeah. that. It's, it's purely coincidence that I'm still going to rabbit on about the English language now. Uh, uh, this one is... What I want to put into Room 101... Um, I was in a toilet in Portland recently and there was a notice on the wall in big letters with a big red splodge on it saying, attention, red hygiene equipment only to be used in this area. And I thought to myself, does that mean that only red hygiene equipment should be used in this area or this is the only area in which red hygiene equipment may be used? And therefore, I want to put into Room 101 ambiguous public notices. Um, the, the famous one that comes to mind is, in case of fire, do not use this elevator. Well, then that means never use the elevator in case there's a fire. What they mean is, in case, in the case of fire, do not use this elevator. Again, it's going back to what I just said. It's lazy language. Then there's the classic, please don't put anything into the toilet except toilet paper. Well, then where do I go to the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> or my all-time favourite, which I did photograph, but sadly I've lost it, so I can't prove it to you. But I did once see a notice in a bathroom that said, this facility will be cleaned by staff who are both male and female. <laughs> and I thought, I would love to see such a staff member. Again, it's going right back to what I just rabbited on about in Better Before, but in this case I think it's more important because it's public notices that use incorrect grammar and therefore become ambiguous. Yep, I agree. And also, your attention red hygiene equipment thing. Actually, it could be that the name of the hygiene equipment is called Attention Red. Yes, yes, it could be, couldn't it? Yeah, because there's no, um, there's no um, commas or yes. full stops or anything. But yes, you're quite I mean, right. You could, it does go. You back. could even be facetious with the sort of "Please take one." Well, do I have to? I don't want one. Do you remember the famous Barry Cryer joke about um, dogs must be carried on escalators? And it said, "I'm sorry, I'm late. It took me a long while to find a dog." I mean. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, same thing, isn't it? If you go and Google um, daft signs and silly signs, yeah. there's literally thousands of them out there. And people have, have written books full of stupid signs as well. It's quite a good pastime for a, for a little while, actually, yes, to go yes, and do that. Is, yeah. Do have a Google. But yeah, but fair enough. Yep. Good. Well, in it goes. Right. Um, the Adov Mandolin <laughs> Slicer. Yes. <laughs> Um, is 15 quid, and we bought one for me mother because she thought she might like some help with... We've never really got to... We, back in the day, we had this um, cheese grater, which was really old-fashioned, and it had this these two arms and a grinding thingy that you turn with a, with, with a handle, mm-hmm. and you put the cheese in the top. Oh, I remember close, that, yeah. Close the arm down on the cheese and gripped it so that it was pressurised. It worked brilliantly yes, well. Yes, and I thought the, a mince of the cheese. Exactly. And all these modern ones are just crap. And this is another one that's the same. We went and bought this one for 15 quid. And it's just rubbish. It's it's made of horrible cheap plastic. And you, when you get the the, the, the component parts of it, it's confusing, firstly. The, the stuff doesn't fit in the boxes properly, unless you're really, really careful. The thing that you're supposed to put the cheese into to then hold down and then push across the top of this kind of um, grater thingy is really, really hard for anyone, even me, to use, let alone my mum. Yeah. Um, and the cheese just... It, the whole thing is just really badly designed, really badly thought out. These people in some factory in China must have just thrown it together in their tea break and thought, yeah, that'll do. We'll make 15 quid out of everyone right. for that. Um, and the, the, the actually, the only, the only good thing about about it was the bucket underneath it the bucket was really good because it's got these good rubber feet on it and it didn't move so while you're doing what you're doing it doesn't move it does come with eight um, attachments and my mum did have some success doing um, some slicing of cucumber with it so that was the only thing she found it was good for really um, but it's it, it, this is it's just rubbish. Room one hundred and one is where it, it belongs. Room one hundred and one for the Adolf mandolin slicer. If I had a mandolin, I wouldn't slice anyway. I'd learn to play it. <laughs> I wonder. Is, I wonder why it's called a mandolin. It's an odd name, isn't it? Really? Yes, we'd have to ask Captain Corelli, wouldn't we? Chris Kelly or no? Chris, why <laughs> why is a mandolin slicer called a mandolin slicer? And what's it got to do with musical? Um, musical instruments. Any ideas? Now, here's the last one for Room 101, which will no doubt bring out the Better Safe Than Sorry Brigade, but here we go anyway. People who press the Pelican Crossing button when there's absolutely no vehicles near them. <laughs> yes! They're so far away that they could easily have got across instead of pressing it, waiting when they could have crossed anyway. Then... <sighs> In the time it takes for the lights to go red, there could well be a yeah. vehicle that comes along, and, and then they've got to stop. Or worse still, they just press the button like they're a naughty child and walk across when there's nothing coming anyway. And so by the time the, the, the lights actually change, there is something coming. Stupid people. Yes. Very, we used to do that when we were kids because it was a childish prank. But you see adults doing it. And... When there's absolutely nothing on the road at all. There's, uh, now, I say, as I say, the Better Safe Than Sorry Brigade will say, no, you should just do it anyway, because you never know. Or people could be blind. and you're Fair enough, OK. There are instances when it could be appropriate. But, you know, you see people, and they're perfectly able and, and capable, and they just do it anyway. Very annoying. Yes, and, and, and you say annoying because no doubt you were that driver, as I have been as well. And, and I totally agree with you. There will be cases where it is necessary and sensible and prudent and people should do that but you you know yes you'll see a you'll see a jogger jogging up to the light pressing it and then jogging straight on over the road yeah, and then yeah, you're coming yeah. up behind in your car and you have to stop and wait at the light while the jogger's then five miles down the road yeah, yeah. i agree wholeheartedly in it goes i reckon pelican crossing should be advisory for drivers not compulsory yes. <laughs> Oh, we laughed over the jingle. I may have to play it again. No, I won't. Go on. <laughs> Who gets a gold star this week? Email does. Oh. I have a friend in Japan 
Um, and she's always jumping between whichever social network is in vogue. Yeah. She emailed me this week. She emailed me this yeah, week, yeah, right? Yeah. Instead of instead of trying to get me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever else is in in flavour at the moment. Um, and she said to me that of all the people she knows, it is very reassuring how that she knows that she can get straight to me without having to guess which service I might be using or frequenting this week, month, or year. <laughs> And, and, and I, I totally agree that it's it's nice to try these these services out, but you don't want to rely on someone. Supposing they said, right, let's let's keep in touch via Instagram, for example. Well, anybody could decide not to use that at a drop of a hat, or continue using it, or yes. move yes. on to something else. Email is the perfect messaging tool, the oldest and the best. And it's still there, and it gets the message through. And everyone in the whole world uses email. Yes, I totally agree, Ted. I, 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 and I find it baffling when I start getting business people coming through to me on, for instance, Facebook. And I will always yeah. respond with, thank you very much. I'd love to communicate. This is my email address. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I have that with um, a, a local builder chappy. And he kind of looks blankly at me when I say I don't use WhatsApp. And he's, oh, right, OK, then. I said, can you not? Can I not just email yeah. you? Well, we 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 run our stuff from WhatsApp. Right. I mean, we we've had this discussion on the show before, and I'm sure we'll have it again. It's because there's so many. It's because you've got Twitter and Instagram and Google and WhatsApp and we, yeah. if only there was one, but then there is, and it's called email. So you're quite right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Actually, I, I I looked up just for the amusement factor who invented email, and there seems to be some confusion. There's a bloke called Ray Tomlinson. Yeah who um, was a, an engineer, a computer engineer, who claims to have invented it in 1971. Wow. But there's an um, Indian bloke, I think he is, called V.A. Shiva Ayadurai, who um, reckons that he did it in 1970. So um, who, who who knows who's what is what? But, yeah, those are the two people that seem to have claimed the start of it. But, yeah, good for whoever it was, because it's a great system. Gold star for Absolutely. Email. I'm surprised to hear it was in the 70s at all. I would have expected email, even even the first initial emails, to have been much later than that. But I there don't you go. remember when email... I do remember there was a lovely one in the 90s, the first ever webcam was invented oh, in right. Cambridge University. There was a department of the university. I, this is an Aiden story. No wonder I remember this. They had a coffee pot that was, you know, free for all. People from the university, researchers and students could, could help themselves from the coffee. And so that people didn't have to walk the length of the building to then discover that the coffee pot was empty, they put a camera in which focused on the coffee pot and sent oh, an okay. image onto the internet so people could look in advance to see if the coffee pot had any coffee in it. And thus the first Fiendish. webcam was born. Yeah. <laughs> Great idea. That's a really, really good use for it. That's a much better use for it than anything that anyone has ever, <laughs> ever done used since. it for yes, since. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I should put one in my kitchen and you can then watch me make, making coffee with my coffee machine. <laughs> very, very silly. Anyway, yeah, there you go. Email it is. Um, I think we're done. We've got um, two weeks to wait for the next show. Um, unless you've got anything to add, we'll sign off. Oh, it's shall been we? a long one this week, Matron. I think we're done. Oh, dear. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, whatever works, dot works is our website, tedsalmon.com for me. Links to all the um, audio podcasts and MeWe groups as well come out from there. AidenBell.com is where you'll find Aiden and whatever else he's doing. Um, and don't forget the MeWe group. The MeWe group is where we encourage people to come and join in the conversation. Let us know whatever works in your life. And we'll bring the highlights of all that to the shows are coming. So I guess that's about it. We better um, go off and have some lunch. Uh, one last thing to say. Don't forget, what whatever works, works. works. <laughs> 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 Just getting into character. <laughs>